Heyo, welcome everyone to episode 15 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this is my co-host Dylan from Galactic Battleground. Hey yo, what's up? Shout out to our sponsors, Can Arcade, Everything Arcade, Music and Cannabis. Uh, we put out these videos every Friday. This is going to be diving into the indie scene here. If you guys like what we're doing here at Indie Arcade Wave, um, hit that subscribe button, ring the bell, make sure you get notified. Like I said, every Friday, these videos will be coming out. Now, this week, we have the pleasure of speaking to Mark and Stephanie, the owners of Wonderville Arcade Bar. How are you guys doing today? Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Um, it, we've really been wanting to talk to you guys for a while because I think you have one of the most exclusive spaces in the arcade scene for indies, um, and that is Wonderville. So tell me a little bit about what Wonderville is. Yeah, so Wonderville is a bar, an arcade and event space uh, located in Brooklyn, New York. And we exclusively showcase games made by independent developers. Um, We also have a few kind of unique arcade interfaces. Uh, We try to kind of work with the local community and show games that are not only coming out of uh, game developers in New York, but around the world um, that we think are, are cool. Okay. How, how did you guys get started on Wonderville? So we got a lot of dumb luck. (laughs) Uh, Really good friends of ours were selling their bar and Uh, They reached out to us. I think they knew that we, Mark and I, had been talking and toying with the idea of opening a space so that the games could no longer be vagabonds uh, bouncing from location to location. Uh, They were a collection and they were all, you know, kind of just pop-ups. So we kind of realized that Wonderville needed a a home, needed a long-term space. So by buying the bar, we already had a liquor license with the state of New York established. So most bars, when they open, they might be closed, you know, to to start, they might not open for a few months. And we were closed for three days. (laughs) We got in there, we threw all the arcades in there, we painted all the walls, and we opened immediately. (laughs) Um, And I should preface this by saying, like, for five years prior to Wonderville, um... I had been building arcade cabinets with Death by Audio Arcade. And so we had this collection of like 20 arcade cabinets that were pretty much homeless. We would put them in a box truck. We'd bring them to some music venue, some art gallery, some anyone that that had startup office space. Yes. Whoever had space. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we'd be like, don't you want arcade cabinets in your space? And we'd put them there for a month or two and then we'd move them to the next place. Um, so Wonderville was born kind of out of a necessity. Uh, you know, the the games would get beat up, you know, being moved so much. Um, driving box trucks around New York isn't the most fun thing. Uh, so I was glad to kind of retire my, my trucking career <laughs> and start the bar. Yeah, driving in New York, period. I've never been there, but it <laughs> looks and sounds like a nightmare. It so. is a nightmare, dude. Indeed. It is. <laughs> So you guys said that you kind of just jumped right into it, um, but you had some prior experience with building cabinets, Mark. Um, what was that, and how did you get into that? Um, so way back in 2010, I was living at Death by Audio, which was a music venue in a warehouse in Brooklyn. 
And back in like 10 years ago, there were a lot of these like kind of industrial spaces that artists would rent out and convert into living spaces and music venues and all of that. So there were a lot of them. And um, uh, Death by Audio uh, had this big living space in the back. So there were like 13 people who lived there. There was, uh, they built guitar pedals. There's Death by Audio guitar pedals that operated out of there. There were a bunch of artists and musicians. So it was a super inspiring creative space. And I uh, decided to build a MAME cabinet uh, out of material that was kind of lying around. We had this old eMac computer. Uh, I loaded up an emulator and um, they had this music venue and I asked if I could put it in the back and, you know, put Street Fighter and, uh, you know, Avengers on the emulators. And so uh, from like 2010 to 2012, it was sort of this, like, I don't know, weird uh, box MAME arcade. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I met the guys that ran Baby Castles, which is another like video game arts organization in New York. And they were like, hey, this is cool, but don't you know that like people in New York make games and they're kind of crazy? And we did a pop-up together and um, they installed a bunch of games that actually kind of ended up being the the Sports Friends collection. (laughs) We had Pole Riders, we had Hokra, we had like, I think like half the games that were on that collection. Um, And that was super cool. And then I started meeting people from the NYU Game Center and we started just building cabinets for like students that had games, um, specifically arcade style games. And then it became like a scavenger hunt. I would start going to, you know, the Museum of the Moving Image or the Parsons show and like find more games to build cabinets for. And it kind of just grew from there. I should note, I, I was there. I helped build that meme came and I did not know that this was going to be not a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You never really know what it's going to be until the time passes. I mean, you just kind of jump into it and all of a sudden, like you (laughs) said, you had 20 cabinets you didn't know what to do with. Yeah. Yeah. So what is day-to-day operation at Wonderville like outside of what's going on right now? How do you guys kind of split up what needs to be done? Yeah. So, um, Stephanie, I work for the city, so I've been very lucky. Previous positions, I've learned a lot about the legalese of running a a legal department of health-approved venue. So I really focus on that and some of the paperwork aspects. Um, I'm not a game creator. (laughs) I'm really good with spreadsheets. And so Mark is definitely more involved in the creative end and, uh, you know, planning our next event. Yeah. So I guess I'll talk about what we did prior to COVID and then I'll talk about what we do now. Uh, Like we, before this, we were running events. We had a stage and sound system. So almost every night of the week, we would have either a band or a DJ or a video game tournament that got projected. Like there was always something scheduled for, to bring people out to the arcade. And, um, you know, I would work with our events coordinator, EE, to book those. And I would also do the maintenance on the arcades. Because as you can imagine, you know, Killer Queen needs new buttons every couple months. You know, stuff gets spilled and has to get cleaned up. So that was a big aspect of it. Um, and <clears throat> so day to day, you know, we would have bartenders, we would have sound engineers, and uh, all of the normal stuff of running a bar, right? Like cleaning stuff, making drinks, 
inventory, all of that. But on top of that, events, concerts, live sound, arcades, it was a whole operation. Um, so now uh, that we can't have people inside because New York uh, still is not allowing bars to have people indoors yet. yet. So the arcade has been closed. Um, we spent the whole summer renovating our backyards. We could fit more tables back there. We could have people sit outside in the front and in the back. We actually wheeled our Black Emperor cabinet into the backyard so people could play one game. With a box of gloves next to it. And you know what? It's kind of been a time to focus on the bar, which is nice because there's always been so much happening that we didn't really think too much about our cocktails and, like, making the bar better. So, um... Food and fun stuff. Yeah. We're a restaurant now, according to Andrew Cuomo. Every bar is a restaurant. So we've been thinking of creative (laughs) ways to have food. And, um, we've created a bunch of new frozen drinks. So that's been fun. It's been, like, fun to worry about the bar aspect, I guess, for, for now. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, along the lines of, like, being a bar and, like, having all these games, like, what's the roster like there? Like, can you can you uh, announce all the games that you have? Okay. So, uh, I will start from probably the most well-known game. So, we have a Killer Queen machine. We probably have one of the first Killer Queens that was built. Uh, it's a five-on-five game, super popular. Um, we had actually planned to run a summer league this year, uh, but you know, we were our plans were foiled. Uh, we you also have a foiled. Yeah, I was about to say you have a foiled too. You have a foiled. We have the second foiled cabinet. Well done. Um, which is super exciting because that was a game that we showed back in 2011 uh, at Death by Audio, and I'm so excited to have it with the new animation and everything. We have Black Emperor, uh, crowd favorite. Um, that is a one-player game where you just drive as fast as far as you can until the road runs out. Um, the let's see. I'm going to go through the games that are not part of the DBA arcade collection. Uh, we have a game called Icarus Proud Bottoms Typing Party, yes. which is a two-player competitive typing game made by Holy Wow Studios. Uh, and that was a cabinet I just found by looking through like Facebook events. And I was like, what is this cabinet? So I just DM'd the people. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's in our living room. Do you want it? Deck um, 9. Vec 9 is incredible. Uh, there's one at Logan Arcade and there's one at Wonderville. It's a vector display that was pulled from an Asteroids cabinet um, and it uses an M1 tank controller. So it's uh, a first person, um, I guess, uh, starfighter game where you are a Soviet uh, bomber pilot attacking the United States. Um, Another game that was in a storage unit that we said, <laughs> can we get it? And they said, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was made by a bunch of engineers that were current that were working at Lockheed Martin at the time. So, like, it's an engineering marvel. It's really beautiful. Um, it's also a great game when the bar reopens. If you win, and I've only been there a few times when somebody wins and the siren goes off, if one of us is there, we'll alert the winner to get a free shot. <laughs> it's hard not to notice the siren. It's very loud. Um, <laughs> a few days before... COVID happened, we just got an armed and gelatinous cabinet. And we were so excited to have a launch party and uh, do all this stuff around it. So we have a brand new armed and gelatinous that's just waiting for our reopening so that we can have a party for it. Yeah, I was just talking to Robin Anthony about that probably two days ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's such a shame. It's still going <laughs> to happen one day. Yeah, we'll oh, do yeah. it eventually. We better be there for that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so now I'll go through the DBA games. So we have uh, Particle Mace, which has been around since 2013. It's one of our first cabinets. Four-player uh, Battle Royale, where you just are ships flying around, attacking with your particles. Uh, we have Powerboat Italia 88 by uh, Nick Santinello, which is a four-player boat racing game. Uh, we have Slam City Oracles by Jane Friedhoff, which is a two-player um, collaborative... Sm- it's kind of like Katamari, where you just smash as many things as you can with one giant button. Um, super fun. We have uh, Video Freak, which was a collaboration with Alan Riley, who's a video artist, and that's got a bunch of analog video and audio effects built into it. So it's kind of less of a game and more of like an art piece, which is really fun. Um, we have Nothing Good Can Come of This by Michael Consoli, which is a 1v1 uh, duel, I would say. A gun drops from the ceiling and you have to shoot the other person before they shoot you. The last tournament before COVID was amazing. So many people came out. It was a blast. Yeah, they get really into it. Great. Um, we have Volleygon, also by Nick Santanella, which is um, kind of a, a game of volleyball using different uh, polygon shapes. And, you know, depending on your physics, they deflect in different ways. Um, We have Witch Ball by S.L. Clark, which is a racing uh, volleyball game. Uh, The graphics are really, really good. It's got this, like, kind of gothic feel to it. Um, We've got, uh, let me think, Sententable by Amanda Hudgens from uh, Kentucky, which was a game that we built at MAGFest this past year. Uh, It's a fighting game, but each player has 50 buttons, and the moves are all randomized each round. So you kind of have to figure out what all the buttons do while you're playing it. Um, Not part of DBA collection, but we have a line wobbler. And a huge shout-out to Robin Baumgarten. Um, One thing we didn't mention about our opening is we actually did a Kickstarter, and Robin really helped make that Kickstarter, you know, uh, with uh, letting us uh, auction off two or three line wobblers that went. Oh yeah. They are, it's an amazing game. I, I now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Kickball uh, by Jonah Wallerstein, which is a crowd favorite. Um, it's kickball with ninjas. You have to kick the ball into the goal. Um, Dream Box, yeah. which was a, an arcade cabinet we made for this queer like uh, dance club called the Dream House. We basically uh, got eight um, LGBTQ uh, game developers in New York to make games for this cabinet. So uh, there's games by Robert Yang, by Ayla Myers. Uh, there's a bunch of great stuff in that cabinet. Um, Dobotone by Video Gamo, the guys out of Buenos Aires, which is the four-player party console. Um, let me think. Am I missing anything? A place to very strange. Oh my god, we have a custom pinball machine that I constantly <laughs> work on, and I would be remiss to not mention it. Uh, yeah, it was themed around A Place to Bury Strangers, which were my roommates back at Death by Audio. So it, it really was a joke where Mark was like, I'm going to make a pinball machine for you one day, and it's going to have a fog machine and lasers and strobes. And he did all of it. <laughs> I just was in there today. But we have to send you a video. I think we have one where somebody was playing it and we're like, oh my gosh, you won. And they got so scared when the fog machine came on because it like, you think it's broken, but we're like, congratulations. 
<laughs> they think they started something on fire. Yeah, this yeah. machine is not on fire. <laughs> um, Halloween costume, Pico 8. Oh, yeah, we made a little Pico 8 cab that I actually wore on my back for Halloween. Um, and we've been using it as a rotating gallery for Pico 8 games. Uh, it's a little tiny, cute, cute game. And then we've got a couple pop-ups that we install uh, from time to time. We have a game called Circumnavigators by Andy Wallace and Juno Morrow, which is like kind of a circular LED game that you have to walk around in a circle to play. Uh, Good exercise. Yeah, it was prototyped on a trash can, and then we (laughs) made an actual installation out of it. So good. Um, Football forever. And football forever, uh, which is one of our tables in the bar now, which is a 2v2 uh, space soccer game. Michael Cahane. Michael Cahane and Anthony Merfat. And Kyle. And Kyle. Yeah, and Kyle Magox, which I'm, I'm going to be on for the, uh, the building interview because he's a really great fabricator. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he can talk more about Super wood. supporter, been really helpful with all our game development and renovations. So yeah, that's everything off the top of my head that I think we have. <laughs> but it changes. It changes pretty frequently depending on, you know, what people want to install. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you nailed it. Like I'm going through everything here. And I think the only one you didn't talk about was foiled. You mentioned it, but didn't kind of say what it is. Yeah. So foiled is 1v1 uh, fencing game, um, which has a lot of really great moves. Like it's the sword fighting is really awesome. Um, and you, once you kill your opponent, you have to take, I guess their soul back to your goal to, to get a point. Um, but that game was, uh, by Gabe Cazillo and Charles Pratt. And, uh, they, they are, I think thinking about getting those cabinets made, I don't know if officially it's available just yet. So it was exciting to get one. Looks like a lot of fun. Gotcha. So you said earlier that you do all these pop-ups. Like, if you could describe what the pop-ups are, like what they're all about, and what is your favorite pop-up you've ever done? Yeah. So, I mean, just I'll, I'll kind of divide this. Uh, so Wonderville, now that we have a space, we've kind of stopped doing pop-ups. But prior to this, when DBA Arcade was on the road, we did a lot of pop-ups. And um, some of the highlights were... Uh, Elsewhere, which is a huge like concert venue in Brooklyn, they have this little um, art gallery sky bridge that's kind of like lofted above the entranceway. And we had all of our arcades up there, and we did a couple events uh, in their sky bridge, and that was that was a lot of fun. You're so supportive. Um, the Dream House was amazing. <laughs> um, that was the place where we made the Dream Box for, and they, you know, they no longer exist because the dream box would live there if they did. Uh, but it was like an old quinceanera venue, like a banquet hall. There's a huge chandelier. Like there were these like or- ornate balconies and things. And then like, I guess they just rented it out to these artists who turned it into this kind of late night party house. Um, so, like, when we had our event, it started at, like, 11 p.m., and I think I left at, like, 7 in the morning, and it was early. <laughs> the party was still going. Yeah, I didn't last that long. Um, but that was such a cool space, and it's unfortunate that they couldn't hang on to it. Um, Before we had Wonderville, we did a pop-up at a, 
a bar cafe called Flowers for All Occasions. Uh, it's actually owned by the previous owners of our space. And I still remember coming in and, and Mark and Eric, uh, the previous owner, scheming about needing a space <laughs> and how like this was a pop-up that you really need your own space. So, like reflective conversation. Yeah. You- they end up being the ones that sell you the space. Yeah. yeah. They, they knew. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of those sound like a ton of fun. I know you mentioned something earlier, Mark. Um, MAGFest. What is MAGFest? So MAGFest is an annual festival that happens in National Harbor, Maryland every year uh, in January. And we have been attending for about six years. Um, Basically, when we first started going, they had a deal where it was like, if you bring an arcade cabinet, you get a free badge. And then we brought five arcade cabinets. So we got five badges and then we were incorporated in part of the uh, indie arcade or the indie video game showcase MIVs uh, for a couple of years. And then they spun us off into our own department called the indie arcade, which basically encompassed anyone who was building weird, you know, uh, indie video game interfaces. And um, it got so big. I kind of, I, I, Last year, I had to step down as the organizer because it was just getting to be too much. Um, so, in a good way. In a good way. It's it's really kind of assumed its own identity. And last year, we had I think twenty submissions from across the country. There's guys that drive from Colorado to showcase there. Um, last year, there were games using rocking horses. Somebody had like a Nerf gun that you fired at the screen. Um, Amanda Hudgens, who made Sententable, made a game out of a bed. So you would just, like, lay in bed and look at LEDs. Uh, It's really, really uh, this crazy time. It never closes. So it's 72 hours straight. And you can go to the arcade at any point. So, you know, at any hour of the day, there is stuff going on. There's people who stay up all night. There's people who wake up really early. Um, It's just this wild experience. Um, and today they just announced that it's going to be completely virtual this year, uh, which is really sad because I know they only do this a few events a year and they're all these huge conferences. So there's going to be, uh, an online fundraiser coming up on the 13th, uh, and we're going to try and help, uh, with their, their kind of telethon that they're doing. Um, so we won't be traveling to National Harbor this year. Uh, which is a shame, but probably for the best. But you'll be helping out virtually. Done yeah. by audio arcades. I think we'll probably be involved in some capacity in the virtual event. Well, I mean, that sounds really cool. And I mean, it's unfortunate the way it has to go this year, but I'm sure it'll bounce back again next year. Yeah. So my last question for you guys here, which I guess I maybe should have asked closer to the beginning, but what is it that got you guys into video games? I'm always interested in the roots of where someone's passion for the area started. I should go first. Yours is so long. Go ahead. <laughs> so for me, I, you know, I like that Mark told you about his making of his first cabinet and that we've been together that long <laughs> that I got to see this interest grow and Mark and I got to attend so many amazing events uh, held by baby castles and they really were one of the pioneers in New York city. They had these events that were just so interactive and so much fun. 
And so Mark and I met through the music scene in Brooklyn, the DIY, somewhat underground music world. And to see the gaming community fit so well into a similar, you can do this yourself, you can host events, um, I think really opened my eyes up to what I previously thought was video games were simply just a loner, loan event, loan activity, uh, potentially at home. Um, that it's actually like really interactive and really fun and really engaging. And now at the bar, not only do I love playing Black Emperor, but I also love watching other people play Black, Black Emperor. And, you know, it's unique. It's one of our only single player games, but it's, it's so much fun. It's so great to like see people interact with it and play. So that was part of it for me. And the other part being that we are a bar, which has made it possible for us to financially stay open is just, um, I regret saying, as I'm about to say, I regret the le- the legal and fun challenge that is that I like wanted to rise to that occasion and like, we can do it too. And it's been challenging, but it's also really been rewarding. It really has been a lot of um, great bringing people together. Yeah. Andrew Cuomo, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. it's been tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, open our curfew up, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I grew up like any 90s kid. Like, I had a Super Nintendo, I had an M64, like, I did all of that. And then I kind of uh, missed the early 2000s video game scene. Like, I skipped the GameCube and the Wii and all of the Xbox, PlayStation stuff. Uh, and I played drums in bands, and that was, like, what I did for a while. And um, I think I got back into video games when I started seeing uh, events in public spaces, right? Like, I played a little bit of Halo, and it was very much like, you know, everybody get together on a couch in an apartment, and it was very much like a not a public space thing. I guess you didn't see a lot of games in bars, right? That was That kind of developed later. Um, but then I guess the combination of baby castles and seeing like places like Barcade and all of these new arcade bars pop up kind of fueled all of these ideas where it was like, what if we had an arcade bar, but it was all exclusively these crazy indie games, um, sort of what like what these DIY music venues are doing, but we're doing it for games. Um and the network and the community yeah. are just so amazing. You know, yeah. like we're meeting people that, that have traveled from around the country to like come to Wonderville and see the games there. And it's, it's super heartwarming. Um, and it's like, you know, I try to tell people it's not that hard to just have an event. I guess don't do it now. Cause we're still, you know, there's still a virus, but yeah. <laughs> once, once it's safe to do so, yeah. you know, all we were doing was just throwing parties and setting up a bunch of video games, you know, and we would tell people like, bring your laptop and a screen and some controllers and put, we'll put them on a table. And that's kind of how this all started. Right. Even before there were a lot of arcades, it was just like, it's a party with video games and anyone can do that. Right. You don't have to know how to build arcade cabinets. Um, But I think we're starting to see it pop up in different cities. And I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, I know there's a lot going on in the Midwest. I mean, Killer Queen started in the Chicago area. Um, Us Galactic Battlegrounds is Minnesota. We've got Cosmotrons out in Milwaukee. Uh, What is it? Switch and Shoot is out in Iowa. Death Ball is in Iowa. Like, 
it's kind of cool to see that there's a little Midwest scene and then all these games that I had no idea about on the East Coast, you guys have all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we're responsible for a lot of them. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was just, I don't know, I knew how to make a box out of wood. And from that, it's not that much more to make an arcade cabinet. Right, just a couple computer components. It's really, there's not that much in there nowadays. Yeah, mostly and, empty. And now it's remote, but when we were doing the in-person playtest nights on Wednesdays, and so many times you'd meet people that were coming and they're like, I'm just learning. I'm just, I want to get started. How do I get started with games? And we, you know, everyone in that community, like Mark said, has like been so amazing and so supportive, but they're also like really happy to share their knowledge and like help people expand and learn. So I think we'll see even more games on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully all over. Yeah, I mean, the community is the coolest part. That's always my favorite part of any kind of convention or anything we go to. So before I wrap everything up here, I want you guys to shout out all your social media so that people know where to find you. Yeah, so we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, uh, all Wonderville NYC. So if you go to any of those, Wonderville NYC is the place uh, we've been streaming a lot, uh, especially now during COVID. We have a lot of events on our Discord. If you go to wonderville.nyc, that's our website. If you go to wonderville.nyc slash Discord, you can join our Discord server uh, where we now host our playtest night. And we've been doing uh, we've been doing our own dev interviews every two weeks. Um, so that's been really exciting. Uh, we've been streaming djs out of our backyard um so that's happening most weekends uh we what else support some djs yeah we're usually post their venmo so yeah uh it's nice for the djs to get a little love um and then we also work with this organization called with friends uh and they have a membership program so um if you feel like supporting us uh the memberships are split between us and D dba arcade so um if you become a member you know that helps fund us and make new arcade cabinets happen yeah um, with, with friends is a really cool site i think before it was we focused more on the ticketing events that they provide like instead of eventbrite but they really do foster relationships and community like mark said we're able to keep our relationship with death by audio arcade and wonderville uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen them, you should check out with friends. Yeah, I think that's everything. I mean, we could do shout out for like another half hour. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many people and organizations like Chris Hernandez from Death by Audio Arcade is our like interior designer, amazing graphics designer. I'm constantly giving thanks because really it's just Mark and I. So he has played the tiebreaker numerous times. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, Mark and Stephanie. Um, and this this will happen again. I'm definitely going to have to talk to you guys again about this post everything. And I would <laughs> really like to come out to Wonderville to see all these games. Um, but until next time, everybody, thank you for coming. Peace. <laughs>